Welcome back to Draft Vice. I am here. It is Walter. I am on the Draft Vice. I'm the only one here because the, the apocalypse has left us like this. But uh, I'm here right now. We're here. The NFL draft is almost here. As of as recording and of posting this podcast, it'll be one week, seven days until the draft. And boy, is it getting cuckoo banana crazy. All the rumors, all the rumor mills. Uh, that's not what we're here for. We're not a bunch of chatty Cathy's, are we? Maybe we are. I'm a little bit of a chatty Cathy. I like to talk a lot about things like Cathy down the block. Did you hear about Cathy down the block? All right, never mind. We're going to move beyond Cathy down the block, and we're going to talk about receivers today. Uh, they're the guys in the NFL that catch the passes. Not the only ones. You know, we talked about running backs. They catch passes, and we might talk about tight ends. This this isn't really a good tight end class. You know, they've been... Uh, and let their behinds get out, uh, get away from them. Anyway, yeah. So uh, the the draft is a week away, and uh, if you haven't been keeping up, there's a it's a good draft for receivers. Like everybody's been talking about it. I've been talking about it. Everybody's been talking about it for like the last year that this is going to be an amazing draft for receivers, and that is not a lie. That is perfectly built. There are about like a good twenty something receivers that are all going to go into the NFL this year and have some kind of a role. I'm not going to get into all 20-something receivers because it's going to be rough. Because Here's the thing with receiver, right? It's like ice cream, right? It's like it, works for, it depends on your style of offense. It depends on your style of play, right? Uh, for instance, the San Francisco 49ers have a very specific idea of what they want in a receiver, right? They want somebody who can line up at all three spots or at least two of the spots on uh, uh, for a receiver, which if you don't know, uh, there's X, Y, and Z, right? Examine your zipper, um, which is really split end, slot, and flanker, right? Split end tends to get, uh, tends to have to line up uh, and gets the most amount of press coverage, and slot gets probably the actually the the least amount of press coverage because they have more way they can go as far as the line. Uh, they have more ability to move off the line and where they line up uh, as far as around the line of scrimmage. Uh, and also, you know, and then there's flanker, which is on the other side usually. So, uh, and part of the reason why the split end is usually the opposite of the tight end. And that what happens is you have to cover up the offensive lineman. Anyway, lovely little bit of information. Uh, probably was not what you were looking for. So what happens is a lot of times a split end, the X gets a lot of the worst press coverage. And it's one of the harder positions to fill in the NFL. Why? Because a lot of teams uh, nowadays play press coverage, play man coverage, play, play press man. And when you are playing that level of competition, getting off the line of scrimmage is hard. Like, you know, like last year we had DK Metcalf come out. He fell to the second round. He's a great split end, right? 230 pounds, can run a 4-3 take the top off a of defense, but nobody wanted to listen to Mr. Walter about this. Uh, or like, you know, 30,000 other people who loved DK Metcalf. Anyway, so, you know, you might look at a guy and you might say, listen, we need him to be able to line up anywhere along the line of scrimmage because, you know, this play, he might be the X receiver, but we like keeping all our receivers on the field because we like to play hurry up offense, right? We want to get a, you know, this is why, like, Debo Samuel can line up anywhere. He can line up as an X. He can end up being in the slot for a play. He could be in the backfield. He could do an end around. So, you know, just because on one play you're this doesn't mean the next play you're that, basically. And, and that's why, like, some teams, like, they, you know, Kyle Shanahan at least wants you to be versatile, at least be able to play the flanker in the slot. Those are usually at least comparable. And then a lot of times they want somebody who could play all three positions. Now, some teams might prefer their slot to be a big slot, right? Uh, we see this with the New Orleans Saints, right? They have uh, they have Michael Thomas. They love running him in the slot, but he could also play on the outside. Uh, but they also used to have, uh, uh, you know, they also used to have another big slot receiver whose name is escaping me for some reason because I'm doing this very early in the morning. I apologize. Um, I'll get back to the name of him. Uh, and you, you know, you, if you played fantasy, you had him on your team probably dozens of years. Anyway. Um, besides that, there's, 
you know, you look at the the New England Patriots, right? Like they like their slot receivers. Basically, they're the engine of the offense, right? They uh, they're running a lot of option routes, being able to read coverages. So all different teams have different expectations of what they want as a receiver. Uh, you know, if I'm running a team that like is the New England Patriots, I want a smart receiver, right? I want a guy who hopefully we could develop to learn how to read coverages, who is going to know how to, re- you know is, is going to be able to develop into what we need them to be, is going to be able to learn the offense. And, uh, you know, if I'm running a Kyle Shanahan offense, I want my receivers to be able to run block and be willing to run block. Uh, I want them to potentially be able to play any part of, you know, because, A, if you're running a Kyle Shanahan offense, you might not have a slot receiver. You might only have two receivers in the field. They run a lot of 21 personnel, a lot of 12 personnel, you know, if you have uh, – and same thing with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. They have two tight ends. They really aren't running a lot of uh, receivers on the field. Yeah, they did have slot receivers, and they do – you know, they did use them. But, like, last year, Adam Thielen became more of a flanker role as compared to when in previous years he's been mostly in the slot. But he's also – he was in the slot a lot last year too. Like, a lot of teams, they will play multiple different – uh, alignments most common alignment in the NFL is 11 personnel that's three receivers uh, a running back and a tight end so what what what, what does this all mean Walter we were, we were getting into prospects if you uh, I should make note this is when the prospects really start because I ramble a bit and uh that was a little bit of a lesson on what receivers are but by the way so who do I have as my number one receiver this is, this is a very deep draft but who's the top guy and there's usually two guys that are getting the fight right there's a battle between two guys for number one receiver overall and I can't ever make up my mind I really had I had Jerry Judy for like the longest time because I think the especially if you're picking in the first round especially if you're picking high up you want a guy who you know is going to be at least semi-successful I believe right now that Jerry Judy is is almost like the safest stock investment you can get in the in the NFL draft uh, I, I he reminds me of Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper. They are just uh, like a level of route runner and and play style that you go. I at least know I'm gonna get this with this guy, and he's gonna be very dynamic, and he's gonna make my offense better. So with that, I I really was leaning towards the Jerry Judy camp for the longest time, and then you watch CD Lamb tape, and now here's the, here's the caveat with CD Lamb, right? He plays a lot easier. Uh, a competition than Jerry Judy, but he played hard competition. He's played in championships. He's been playing since he was a freshman, you know, since Baker Mayfield was there. In fact, a uh, little bit of a warm spot to my heart. Uh, you know, so if you don't know, they were doing uh, Building the Browns. They released an episode. It's a web series. I don't know how many episodes they're ever going to do, but they released an episode. I watched it because I'm a dork, and, and uh, I click it. I turn it on, and there's an episode where they're talking at the combine with prospects, and it's actually kind of cool because this is how I found out that the Browns talked to CeeDee Lamb. And I'm like, holy shit. And then they were like, well, who was your favorite uh, quarterback to play with over at, uh, at Oklahoma? And he goes, oh, Baker Mayfield, hands down. And it was like, now, granted, he's meeting with the Browns, so he's probably going like, well, i got to say Baker Mayfield. But at the same time, Baker, you know, your boy CD, you know. Anyway, so it was, it was just kind of a nice warming thing to just mention. And listen, I love watching CD Lamb. He is he is a great route runner as well. Not as not as good as Jerry Judy, but pretty much like if, if he's still top three in the class. He uh, he's an advanced route runner, has a good release off the line of scrimmage. He is physical. He is physical at the catch point. He is brutal. Like if he doesn't have separation, it doesn't matter. He's gonna get that ball. He can high point it. He catches really well. He is uh, a very Impressive athlete. I think the only guy who I can remember being as dynamic in his ways is probably DeAndre Hopkins is kind of like the style of him. And even still, I don't think that's the right, I don't think it's the right comp. But anyway, both guys are, uh, I have very little belief that they're going to fail in the NFL. Uh, I think what they do is really good. I don't think CeeDee Lamb put up with a lot of press coverage. You know, you only got to see maybe, and and that happens. A lot of guys are coming out of college and they're not dealing with press man coverage. And yes, Jerry Judy dealt with it probably a little bit more because he plays in the SEC. You're playing other teams like LSU 
and playing against Derek Stanley Jr., who as a freshman, people wanted to be able to be, be able to draft him because he was playing at a level that's probably first round pick worthy, but we're not getting into like two years down the line. Anyway, so yeah, you have a he's playing up against guys like Derek Stanley Jr., he's playing against Georgia, he's playing against South Carolina. And that's why for me, I you know, up until like I had like my moment, I texted my cousin. You've probably seen him on here, the ginger Ricky, uh, not the ginger, not one of the other five gingers. But uh, I was talking to Ricky, and I was just like, you know, I might be coming over to the CD Lamb camp, and a CD Lamb, yeah, CD Lamb, because I, I, I really did like watching his film. He's uh, you know, like I said, I don't believe CD Lamb's gonna bust. I think he has the higher ceiling of the two. But then you just kind of fall back to, but yeah. But look what Jerry Judy did against such good competition. And I think that's really the big argument. So basically, I'm punting. There's three. I, and you saw me punt yeah, I, I, the other two days. Come on. I honestly, it, it, I think if if I was a team and I wanted to be safe and I knew my, my ass was on the line going Jerry Judy, uh, I also have heard people more recently, and I kind of agree. I, I don't. This is not the one I would go with. But Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy's teammate, is the other. And by the way, when you're watching Jerry Judy, Henry, like if you're going to watch tape and you watch Jerry Judy tape, Henry Ruggs blows up. If you watch Henry Ruggs tape, he won't do anything. Jerry Judy will blow up. It's hilarious. It'll be like, yeah, oh, who's, uh, yep, uh -huh, Jerry Judy. I was doing his the other. I, you should do them at the same time, basically. If you're, if you're looking at tape for these guys, try to do them both at the same time. Both are uh, amazing athletes in different ways. Henry Ruggs is just a straight-line speedster. Not just. I say that like I, I, that's not what I meant. He just and he's dynamic too. Gets off the line of scrimmage very well. It is just an amazing plus athlete. Uh, uh, you will watch, and he has game breaking speed. You get the ball in his hands. Like I know people have talked about Will Fuller, and um, and he's on a spectrum, right? Like the, the I would say like there's different phylums of receiver, right? There is the. Uh, what I, I and I get the, I get this from a guy called Chris Harris, right? He's a fantasy expert, and he came up with a thing called the Antonio Brown phylum, right? Which is a very uh, this is what Jerry Judy falls into is the Antonio Brown phylum, the route runner, the the smooth mover, the I'm not big and I'm not straight line fast, but I can move and dance and get around Jen. Hwah! Hwah! Yeah, he's a uh, yeah. So you have that kind of receiver. And then you have the straight-line speedster, right? You have the Tyreek Hills, who, yes, dynamic in different ways as well, good run after the catch, kind of. And he was more utilized as a, as a running back kind of quasi-role when he was in college. So, But Henry Ruggs was used on jet sweeps and arounds as well. Uh, what I like about Henry Ruggs is that, you know, he he'll hold, you know, he's good at high-pointing the ball. So, like... He doesn't have the flaws of maybe a Ted Ginn Jr. or a uh, Will Fuller where, yeah, there were some drop issues. He he doesn't have the – I don't think he's Tyreek Hill. He's probably the next guy to Tyreek Hill. I don't think there's a guy who is – you know, I, I've heard Santona Moss thrown around. That's probably the right answer. I, I, I honestly believe that uh, – uh, he's definitely above the Will Fuller part of the phylum. He's that next level up of Will Fuller and Ted Ginn. But he's just – and when you think about that, Will Fuller was a first-round pick. And the ability to just suddenly break the game with one throw. Deshaun Jackson's a great comp for him as well. I think Deshaun Jackson's probably the best one I I can probably compare him to because uh, dynamic. He can run a, a decent amount of routes. He's not just doing a, a go route or a post route. He really can do it. You know, he really will be. And he utilizes the speed to his advantage, right? And this is what you'll see. We see what Curtis Samuel now in the NFL, uh, another guy who uh, had some good wheels coming out of college, where they can utilize the fact that they know the defensive back knows they're fast, so they scare them with the speed. It's just the rumor of how fast I am. So I like Ruggs as well. And these are the top three guys. They're usually the top three guys for a lot of people. So I'm a big fan of Ruggs. I'm a big fan of uh, – and it depends on what your team needs, right? It depends on what you already have. Um, I think all three of these guys would make any team better. It also depends on what kind of, you know – what kind of game you go for, right? If you're looking for, listen, I just need the guy to get open relatively quickly 
and I'm going to toss the ball and I need him to be like in a good, like if you're doing a timing offense, right? Jerry Judy's the guy you want. If you run a more vertical concept uh, offense or you have, uh, for instance, a lot of people, including me, believe that the Philadelphia Eagles and the Denver Broncos are going to love rugs because deep threat receiver has some speed. He's going to get behind people. He's going to open things up for your other players. And it's just a dynamic that your offense doesn't have as of right now. And you can utilize that because then, oh, he's going to go down. You know, they can't. You know they can't just play everybody in the box, right? They can't, they they can't cheat. Basically, you know you're not you know, with your if you're the Eagles, you have Alshon Jeffrey, and Ertz, and Goddard, and those are your big names. And hopefully Deshaun Jackson's healthy eventually. So, but when they don't have that speed threat, it negatively affects the offense. You know, with the Denver Broncos, they have Cortland Sutton, but they don't have the other guy taking away some coverage. They have, they have a little bit of burst from Fant. They don't have anybody else. And then, like, maybe if you're a team that just doesn't have anything, you might be like, listen, you know what? We're going to throw it to CeeDee Lamb 30 times a game, and he's going to get up, go up there and make a catch in double coverage, and we're going to hope that's how it goes. So, um, yeah, those are the top three guys. My number four, number four is usually where everybody's list changes, right? And I have a, my number four is a very delineated four, right? It's like top tier, three guys, then like four, and there's like two guys who probably could have been in four, but uh, could have been with number four in his tier, but there's issues that I have, right? So number four is Jalen Rager, right, of TCU. Oh, is he fun to watch, everybody? I recommend pause this video, go find Jalen Rager's tape. He is fun to watch. He is uh, he's dynamic. He is fast. He is uh, he could probably line up anywhere on long line line of scrimmage. Uh, probably more as a slaughter or flanker role, but they utilized him in uh, jet sweeps. They utilized him uh, as a as a designated ball carrier. Him and actually the probably the next guy we're talking about, um, were both again very dynamic athletes. He has great hands. Uh, catches through contact very well. Shows nuance on route concepts. Made a variety of catches through contact. Can extend the body. Has decent body control, yards after contact through the roof. Again, that Jalen Rager is like if you missed out on Henry Ruggs, that that's your your uh, your door prize, right? Like, okay, we need a guy who's a deep threat. He's a deep threat. We need a guy who, and by the way, maybe has some more utility than Ruggs, right? A uh, little bit more of can power through contact. Can kind of I compared him to like if if Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry had a baby. Which would be kind of fun, right? I mean, it's not really like physically possible at this point in science, but uh, it would be an interesting player, right? You're just talking about like, okay, what if we like add a little bit of more fluidity to what Jarvis does, and uh, you know, maybe a little like it's it's just a very interesting concept and dynamic, and uh, he had a lot of off-target throws. Like again, a lot of these guys outside of the top guys. You're going to see a lot, like, because CeeDee Lamb had uh, Jalen Hurst throwing him the ball, right? This is the problem with receiver. They're, they they live off the quarterback. So you have CeeDee Lamb who had Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray throwing him the ball. And then you have, uh, you know, uh, Ruggs, and C, uh, Ruggs and Jerry Judy getting the ball thrown to them by Tua Tagovailoa for the last few years. And you just see the difference of, like, oh, these guys are good. Because you could see the balls being thrown on target, and you could see them going for them, and you could see, like, what they do. And, okay, yeah, I, I see the what these guys can do when they have a functioning quarterback. That is not what you had with Jalen Rager. It's not what you're going to have with, with a lot of the guys after the top three. Because there aren't that many good quarterbacks in college, and there's not a lot of offenses that do a lot to go ahead and benefit their players. So I very much appreciated Jalen Rager's game. Uh you know, he cuts without losing speed very well. Like I said, he he uh, not just his his breaks and his routes, but just like when he already has the ball in his hands, he's like a running back that has some like a little bit of extra juice to him. Like I said, that's what makes me think of like Jarvis Landry and Odell if they had a baby. So that's that's number four. That's the guy who like if I had a, if I did like a, a pure grading, I'd have him as like a one two kind of thing or a one. 
with uh, one, but maybe not like top 10 or whatever, top 15. I like him. I think he's a, a very good player. I think, you know, are there risks with him? A little bit. But there's risks with every receiver. When you take a receiver in the draft, it's going to get a little risky. So, I, and everybody after him is going to be risky too and does not have the ceiling as him. So, the next guy is on my list. This next tier, it's probably guys who you probably would have been okay with uh, in the first round or in the high second round. And the first one is uh, a guy who's not in the, probably not going to be taken in the first round, might not be taken in the first two or three rounds because he's had injury issues, and it's LaViscus Chenault. And he was fun to watch, man. Uh, he's another guy whose QB was booty. He was just booty. He uh, kind of reminds me of Sammy Watkins. Uh, again, was used a lot as like a wildcat quarterback. This was like watching uh, when I was talking about running back tape. I was talking about Cam Akers. This was like the Cam Akers of receivers. Like, oh, my God, everything around you sucks so much. You are the amazing thing here, and you could tell. You can tell sometimes when a guy is just good. That, that was the one issue you had with Jalen Rager. You might turn on the tape, and you might be like, well, they haven't really looked at him very much. But if you looked at tape like when they played Ohio State last year, you went, oh, no, they – they do utilize him a lot. They they make sure they get some usage out of him. They make sure that he's the guy who gets the ball when it's downtime. And when you see those guys on the field and you see that the team really likes them, it, it was weird. I don't know why they went away from Jalen Rager a lot. They never did it with LaVisca Chenault. So uh, LaVisca Chenault, Carol, Colorado, ha, like I said, has a very Sammy Watkins-esque to him. Right, He's going to need some development in the NFL, but just like – Again, another guy who they used uh, as like kind of a gadget guy as well. Uh, a lot of end arounds. Another guy who you might uh, might compare him to is uh, oh, I should probably remember his name. Uh, hasn't played in the NFL in a little bit. Uh, was former Minnesota receiver who went to Seattle, had the kick return. And you guys will probably be able to know this. This is like a little bit of trivia. Um, but yeah, he ran a few different routes. Didn't always get pressed much. Uh, like I said, they put him in the Wildcat a lot. Got a lot of yards after contact because this guy is just a brute. He is muscular. He's physical. He caught a lot of balls that were off target because, again, him and Jalen Rager had bad QBs. This is what happens. Um, hey, it reminds me of a mixture of, like, Corderella Patterson, Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins. Makes T D grabs, like, far from his body. Lays out for it. Uh, the other guy who I, I get a little bit of a vision of is Debo Samuel, right? Like, just, again, can muscle through people, has a very good versatility to him. I don't think he's going in the top 50 because I think injury is going to be a big concern. He had core hernia surgery. He, you know, he ran uh, the 40 at the combine as a 4.58 uh, while he was still suffering with that injury. And then he literally went and got surgery the next day. So I think, you know, that that kind of hurt his profile, but I liked watching him. Um, you couldn't tell me that there's not a value to this guy. I, I, I kind of get why people are a little bit worried about him. I would take him in the second round. I wouldn't be too worried about him at that point. Uh, there's just – and if he falls to the third or fourth, oh, my God, it's a value. So I like him. I, I think – if you're you're talking about guys with upside, right? Like outside of the top three, you want guys who have a good baseline but who have high upside. That's kind of what I look for is like my, my tier two or three is guys with high upside, good, you know, but have a good baseline. That's basically LaVisca Chenault. That is Jalen Rager. And that's the next guy who is also uh, Denzel Mims. Yeah, so you, this guy was the combine star, right? This is the guy who he went to the Senior Bowl, showed at the Senior Bowl. And, and not for nothing, what he did at the Senior Bowl was pretty damn impressive, right? He he uh, held up against some press coverage and, and some practice reps. He he showed some good ball skills, good hands. He, and that's actually his probably one of his best things is that – because here's the thing. He doesn't look like a real athlete on tape. Like, he doesn't look like a straight-line athlete. Like, you wouldn't believe he has the speed that he had. But what you do see is the strength – you know, the ability to high point the ball, the uh, catching the ball through contact, the holding on uh, while, you know, you're getting pummeled and taken down to the ground. Uh, he's got good body control, catches through contact, fights off contact to finish routes really well. Uh, he has the strength to, to catch through the contact and use the physicality to create the space. It, like, physicality is a very interesting thing with receivers, and there's some guys who just do it really well who have to do it, right? You see it with uh, C.D. Lamb. Uh, this is another guy who deals with a little bit of physicality in his routes. Uh, and he, it, it's weird because he 
if he hits his ceiling, he could probably be the best receiver in this class. It's why he's kind of in this tier of receiver where you're looking at him and you're going like, okay, all right, I see I see what you could be. Like At his peak, he could be better than – he could be Josh Gordon plus. He's not there yet, and part of the problem, I think, is he's not – he's physical, but he's not aggressive. Like, I, I would compare – so when I talk about guys like CeeDee Lamb, LaVisca Chanel, Jalen Rager, when I talk about like them being physical, they're aggressive, right? Like, and Jalen Rager's not tall, but he's he's willing to get up and go for it. He has the, you know, he's getting he's playing with a quarterback who's throwing the balls kind of like a little bit off to the side. Like, oh, I, I'm supposed to get that? All right, fine, I'll go get it. Um, with Mims, again, another guy who did not have a great quarterback or did not have even a good system surrounding him, uh, Matt Rule. But, uh... You know, he, so let's get back into Mims, right? The secret of Denzel Mims. Uh, good using hand contact, shoves defenders uh, off the line of sight. Good at getting a little bit of separation using his hand. Uh, if you want, go check out the Georgia game. Shows he can handle press coverage pretty well. So he's, uh, he's an interesting one, right? Again, like you're getting at least a couple of, you know, shots of reps of him dealing with some physical guys. This is one of those, him and Chanel have been like pegged as like the potential busts of the class. Uh, according to some articles, and I, I get that there's definitely some risk with them. I don't think it's as high though. I guess like you know, if you if you consider a bust, like okay, you spent a first round pick on a guy, and you're getting Corderello Patterson, yeah, that's kind of busty. But you also have to know how to use a guy and know how you're going to utilize somebody. So I put this kind of more on the teams, right? Uh, he's an athletic freak. He blew up the combine. I'm talking about Denzel Mims again. He doesn't really seem to be a big run-after-catch guy. Right? Like You hear about a guy who's this physical, this fast, this kind of athletic freak. He's not really like, an, like a, I'm going to get more yards after, after I catch the ball. Like There's a few guys who do that. Jalen Rager does it really well. LaVisca Chenault does it really well. Uh, C.D. Lamb does it very well. And there's going to be some guys later on that we talk about who are very good at it. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry and Odell, their first few years were very big. Keep using them as examples. I should probably use some real, uh, some other guys. Don't worry, there'll be other comps and other mentions in here. But, uh, you know, good run after the catch guys. He's not that. He's, you know, but you can see where he could. He's not far from it if he ever did develop it. Um... He, you know, he he does use a jab step here or there to kind of get a little bit as he's going, and he's got the body and frame. It's weird because you, I, I would say his 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 frame and like power behind it is not like it's weird. He's like a, like a tall, fast guy, not a lot a lot of power behind it, but he's physical and strong enough. He's got good hand strength and arm strength where he's able to pull the ball down when he's trying to go up and get for it. Um. Again, I, if you really want a, a shot to look at Denzel Mims playing good, a good team and getting an idea what he might be in the NFL, go look at the Georgia game. There's a few other games that are available. Uh, there's one TD where he tracks the ball downfield perfectly, makes the catch through contact, high points it, then pins it to his body. And uh, even the release on that was perfect. It was like, that was like, he should have, like, I, that, I, I did not see a highlight reel for him. I know there is probably one out there. But this was like one of those the shots where you go, wow, like that is that is pure like that's Devontae Adams esque. Like he he gets a, a great he fakes a step outside, releases to go to the you know, to beat the press, tracks the ball downfield, makes the catch through contact, high points. It was amazing. Go ahead, check it out. He gets another T D catch in that game, but it's uh a, a Again, catches through contact, drives the DB off the line of sight. He he gets multiple touchdowns in that game. It's a good game to go watch for him. And just kind of like look through some of his tape on that if you really want to get more into the the secret of Denzel Mims. And that kind of finishes out the uh, that tier of player, right? Like the, oh, this guy could be like a true number one in the NFL eventually, right? Maybe in the next couple of years, maybe not right now, but can maybe still have a role, right? And we were talking about like X, Y, and Zs before, right? Any of those guys, a lot of those guys can be a little bit more versatile, some of them might have a hard time in the beginning on being on the outside. Uh, that was really the worry with Mims initially, is that people were worried that he would be, on, you know, putting him on the outside as a receiver. But he kind of like was solidly placed in in day two already, so I think he's starting to climb up boards to maybe being like a top fifty pick. Uh, you know, there that might be the worry with Jalen Rager. It might be the worry of Lavisca Chenault that they can't do well on the outside. But I think there's ways you're going to be able to utilize him, where. Uh, 
where you will see them be successful in the NFL. So this next tier of player are, like I was saying before, uh, receivers in the NFL are like chips. They're like ice cream. You, there's different flavors. They fit different roles, right? Uh, there's the slot receiver, and there's different types of slot receiver. There's uh, outside receivers and, you know, versatility and what those guys can do and what they bring to your offense, what your offense desires from their outside receivers or, or their, their slot. So the the next part of this list, I, I have Justin Jefferson, uh, big name. A lot of people probably know him from watching LSU. He uh, he played slot receiver for LSU. He probably watched Joe Burrow. He he benefited from a lot. You know, he play, I think he ran like 90% of his uh, routes were out of the slot. He uh, he you know had a big name receiver Jamar Chase on the other side, kind of giving him a little bit of like, oh well, we're all paying attention to him. And then like you watch that LSU offense, he's not the driver, right? Chase is a driver of that offense. Burrow's a driver of that offense. Edwards a lair. Another you know another player I'm a big fan of is a driver of that offense. I wouldn't say Van Jefferson is a driver of the offense. I'd say he's probably the guy. He can, maybe. I. Well, so here's the thing. Like I watched his tape, and the guy who instantly started plucking out to me was Adam Thielen. Right? If you know, if you get him into the NFL, a, I think he's got he's a good route runner. Uh, could play well on the outside. You know, could play well in the slot. Maybe he could project to also maybe being a a flanker in the NFL. Get him on the outside. I, you know, I, I keep hearing first-round hype with him. I, that's a little scary to me. Justin Jefferson as a first-round pick is a little much. Like, when you watch the tape, there's some things he does really well. Um, you know, solid but not, uh, solid hands, benefits from good pieces being around him. Uh, he's a willing but not always great run blocker. He does get his hand on guys. Like he's willing. He wants to do it. Uh... One game I want to bring up is the the Texas game, right? It was like kind of early in the season, uh, LSU Texas. He gets uh, he gets multiple touchdown catches in this game, right? And there's his second TD was beautiful. I actually put the kissy face emoji next to it in my notes, and it, he beats his defender, gets vertical in the air, extends and pulls it in. There's some routes he never gets targeted on. I would love to see him on these routes. I, like he does a crosser. You never see him get targeted on the crosser. It just doesn't seem like he's that primary read when he's running those routes. He just don't. And I'm like, what would he be like? Like the, there's gonna he gets a little bit of run after a catch. He's not bad at it. He's like his run after catch ability is there. Like he's uh, there's some guys we'll talk about later on who maybe are good route runners, maybe not great rack guys. He his like side his quickness his speed, getting in and out is is uh, his hip placement his ability to cut, uh, his breaks on his routes, those I like those are the things that he does really well and it allows you to think what you can project to the next level and the guy who I think of with him as I said before is Adam Thielen, um, you know, it, you know again with Texas it's not a great defense. There's a, he gets a, a behind the defense, but shows good hands on the grab, catches the body, catches away from his body, goes up, puts the hands over his head, goes in, goes through contact, gets the touchdown. It was good. I Again, that Texas game, watch that one because it was relatively early in the season when they weren't fully established, and he was kind of getting some more targets than you saw later on. So good good player to check out. I, I, I didn't hate him. Um, I don't know why you would hate anybody. That's that's such a rude thing. Why would I hate him? I wasn't even gonna hate him. Wasn't gonna hate him. Now I want to hate him. It's all your fault, man. So, oh, talking about Justin Jefferson. Okay, next guy we're talking about, right? This is a little bit more famous name. One of the most of us know. Another team that guy has a good quarterback on it. Talking about Clemson receiver T. Higgins, right? Uh, can line up. Probably anywhere on the line of scrimmage. He's not a straight line fast guy. He's also not like a quick out of his breaks guy. He's just he's powerful. Like I, what I would compare him, the guy who I have as a comp for him is Alshon Jeffrey, right? Alshon Jeffrey did not run fast coming out of college. Uh, did not, you know, like was not all that impressive coming out. He was a second round pick. 
But what he did well was kind of, you know, he was good at using his body and the physicality, get some space. He had a good, you know, good understanding of route concepts. He uh, played well in, you know, again, and now I'm talking about T. Higgins, plays well in big games, went up against a lot of tough, you know, again, he's playing in the ACC. So a lot of the games you're watching, yes, you're not seeing him against every week uh, rough competition. But you did get to see him in playoff games, you know, the college football playoffs. You got to see him, you know, against you know some decent competition you know LSU uh Ohio state so you get a couple of good and he has a good extension for the ball catch so outside his frame plays a uh, pretty decent against tough matchups projects as an outside receiver like i said Alshon Jeffrey i see him he's a prototypical x receiver if you don't need your x receiver to be fast right if you're going to count on a fast slot receiver Maybe you have a more powerful X receiver, right? Maybe you're you're planning on your flanker and your slot having the speed and your X receiver being the guy who's going to muscle through people, which sometimes might work. That might be a smart move. He stacks defenders pretty well. Uh, gets behind the defense with some uh, – so he doesn't have, like, bad – he's not a horrible athlete. Like, people are probably talking about him like, oh, my God, did you hear he ran a four five nine at his pro day? And that was at the pro day. And listen, again, like I said before, Alshon Jeffrey did not run very fast, even in his own pro day. So I, I like him as a second-round guy. He's not a first-round pick to me. Um, I get if you're maybe pushed more to the end of the second round. I get it. I don't hate the idea. I think there's some risk with him. There is the, uh, the again, like the it's a projection. You also need a quarterback who's willing to throw his way, right? The problem with contested catch receivers is you need guys who are willing to throw contested catches, right? So, you know, if you have uh, Alshon Jeffrey probably never would have done really well, or, or maybe he would have, who knows, with Alex Smith. But, uh, again, if you have Alshon Jeffrey and he's getting thrown to by Carson Wentz, he's, he's had a little bit better of a time with Carson Wentz, even though the two of them apparently don't like each other. That is besides the point. Uh, you know, again, he, he lines up in the slot sometimes, uh, lines up outside. So he's very versatile. And again, like a lot of guys can line. It's, I, it's, uh, but you have to know how to utilize the space when you're lining up in the slot. So, you know, he might go to a team and be a big slot role. If they already have a good X receiver who's going to be taking coverage from, you know, who's going to be taking on the, you know, the outside reps. For instance, say he went to Seattle. I talk about Seattle, uh, recently. Say he went to Seattle, uh, you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the outside. Maybe they want to run a three-receiver set, and they go ahead and they have T. Higgins in the in the slot. That would be an interesting play because you have a they you know you couldn't you couldn't cheat the outside because you have these fast guys on the outside. So now you're you have this big receiver who's playing like a giant. Marquise Colson was the name of the guy who I keep trying to think of. God damn it. There you go. Marquise Colson, big slot guy, played for the Saints. You probably had him on your – I forget who I even thought about. But, again, this is what he could probably end up being in the NFL is a big slot. Uh, and that's at the middle. Like So some teams he might be a big slot. Some teams he might, because of his versatility, could be on the outside, the inside, anywhere he really want to make them line up. I was a big fan of his. Uh, not not as huge as, like, people, like, I, I wasn't, okay, I keep saying big fan. I say big fan every five seconds. I would say, because I, I say big fan because I probably would draft these guys with a day two pick. Some of them I would not draft with a first-round pick, and then there's some guys who I might not draft with a day two pick either. There's a lot, there's going to be a lot of receivers in this draft who people are going to be big fans of that I'm not a big fan of. Or we'll talk about a couple of them later on. But uh, a lot of the guys that I'm talking about today, because there's so many receivers, are guys that I particularly have an interest in. And I said, oh, this is an interesting guy. Uh, even if they're injured, there's an issue here. Why? Why is this guy getting a lot of talk? So uh, and so speaking of guys getting a lot of talk, right, uh, we just talked about T. Higgins, famous guy, right? We were talking before about uh, Justin Jefferson, famous guy. Here's a guy that might be a little famous because of uh, – draft Twitter and the internet and also the team he plays for is USC. Yes, I'm talking about Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman Jr., right? There's Michael Pittman Sr. Uh, he's a big, tall receiver. I was, yo, I watched this tape. I was kind of impressed from watching it because um, I did not think I was going to like this guy, right? I was like, oh, he's, he's big. You know, another guy who's going to have, you know, contested. No, this guy is, uh, my comp for him would be Mike Williams. 
Yeah, he's like an elk. He's a he, and now granted you're watching him in college, so you're you're watching him go up against the lesser competition sometimes, but and smaller dudes and he is like an elk amongst men. He he's big. This is what my comparison to Michael uh, for uh Mike Williams was last year when I was doing fantasy was he's big. He is an elk. He is just going to go ahead, go up and get the ball and there he's going to have DBs draped on him and he's not going to matter. He is a prototype. He's going to be there's going to be an offense that loves him at X as as the split end receiver who's going to have to put up with uh and again he's not fast but how he's going to go ahead and beat a defensive back is he's going to stack and shed him and he's got a fine understanding of uh route concepts he's not straight line fast but everything else he does is really good he's got great hands catches away from his body he honestly again you watch tape of this guy and you're like who's that i look like that he was like cgi'd in he just looks like somebody made a bigger human being in like Madden or something like you went ahead and made him in Madden. That's who I was thinking. Yeah, he was a, he's a Madden player. That's who Michael Pittman is. He's like a fake player, or you know, like the, like I said, discount Mike Williams, and ran a four, five, six of the combine. I haven't really been talking about the combine that much because I kind of avoid really bringing that into my discussion. It is a, it's not really as much of a factor for me when I talk about guys because like, there's things that that affect the combine effects, right? might give you a snapshot but again keep in mind it's a snapshot well what happens if you like if, if i took a picture of you and you weren't looking and you had a zit on your face and you weren't wearing makeup you look really bad so now granted this is a picture that everybody's getting ready for so you hope they all look really well but things happen so this is what i'm saying is shit happens um but he had a decent combine actually good seven cone under uh seven cone. he had a good three cone it was like a six uh nine six he had a d you know he Ran a four five, so again, like not bad. That's pretty good for a receiver. Uh, big, tall, solid hands, subtle route running chops, great ball control, good run after catch. But he's not like the guy who you know you might throw him a bubble screen maybe, but he's not going to be the guy who you're like, oh, I'm going to run him on a crosser and get him a, a little bit of run after catch. Although maybe you will. I, I don't know. Again, maybe you're a team that says I haven't seen this done with him. He's big, he's strong, he can muscle through people. Let's see if we can do this with him. And I think that's the 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 fun thing with him. He's, he's you know, you can get him going with some steam and tackling him is like tackling a freight train. He was like uh he is a big dude. He is a tough dude. Uh good body control, his size and strength combo makes again, will make you almost think he's a tight end. Um Another big guy, right? So we're already talking about Pittman, right? He's all kind of like day two. Maybe we're going into day three prospects eventually. But uh, still kind of in the day two range. Michael Pittman, I, I really liked. I got to say, like, if I'm, again, like, it depends on what your team needs. But, like, I could see a lot of teams needing his his uh, his skill set. I liked him. Uh, another guy who I liked was uh, – another guy who I have on this list was a Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh Good open field vision and awareness. Gets some good around after catch. Uh, gets used on some end arounds. He's a another. He's another big guy. He's not as like built like uh, Pittman, right? Pittman almost looks like he could be a tight end. Peoples Jones looks like a six-two receiver. Um, decent hands. He's kind of hard to evaluate because again, he had a bad quarterback. Like this is going to be a. You're going to notice this is going to be a thing. Uh, he's not a nuanced route runner but shows, like, at least understanding of some, some like, you know, like, he's not running a complex route tree. He's not a very advanced route runner. A lot of these guys aren't going to be advanced route runners coming out. But he showed some, like, athleticism. You know, he's got some athleticism to him. Showed on a player, too. He, could, he has some understanding of route concepts that, uh, you know, he could be maybe a better route runner with a little bit of coaching and the right scheme. Because, again, like, sometimes it's just what they ask you to do, right? Uh, you know, understands ways to create separation using route concepts, you know, like a jab step or, uh, you know, a head nod or even just using his hands to help create separation. So, he, yeah, he shows an understanding of using route concepts to create separation. It's just not a part of what they were really asking him to do. Uh, lined up a lot in the slot, so it's going to be hard to gauge what he is in the NFL. Can he handle NFL releases? Uh, again, you know, in the NFL, this is another one. This is actually probably the guy who, when I was watching him, it made me think of Marquise Colston, where, again, big slot role. If you're just looking for, like, hey, I'm going to run you out the slot and, you know, go get some separation, go get some space, 
and you have guys who you also rely on, or again, like just using his size to your advantage. Uh, if you're running a lot of 11 personnel or you're running a lot, you know, a scheme that helps benefit utilizing that kind of player. He's a, he's an intriguing player. Another intriguing player, guy from uh, the state next to mine, this guy from Penn State, KJ Hamler, uh, ran almost exclusively out of the slot, used a lot of end arounds. He's kind of small, small build. He's going to have to put up with a lot of contact in the NFL. I'm not quite sure that's going to work very well for him. Uh, had a, a lot of hard-to-catch throws because, again, the QB was not accurate, which, again, you will hear. Uh, doesn't make a lot of, uh, like, in-breaking routes often, but when he does, shows an arsenal of tools that help sell the route concept. So he shows, you know, you don't always get to see, like, every play down-to-down down the skills you want to see. So you have to kind of piecemeal it, right? Like, okay... Like, you watch 100 snaps, maybe 10% of them have something useful sometimes. And you're like, all right, th those 10 snaps, I like that. What, what can we do with that? Uh, is that going to develop? Can we translate that to the NFL? So, again, he, he shows uh, good deep speed. Unfortunately, he didn't get to test at the combine. I was saying before, I don't really care much about the combine. But sometimes you kind of want to know, right? Like, if you're like, well, this guy ran the 40 at 4-3, like, that's kind of at least good, right? All right. So, he didn't run at the combine. We didn't have a pro day for him. Uh, he, in the game against uh, Michigan, he gets a TD on a slot fade uh, to the corner of the end zone. Showed good ball tracking over the shoulder throw. And he also got like a second TD, but he was wide open. Which shows, and it was just kind of like the, the defense was kind of like sleeping that day. Uh, decent quickness and long speed. He's a guy who honestly like reminds me a little bit of last year's Andy Isabella. Everybody kept talking about quick and fast, but... You know, you have to still make sure you can utilize him somehow and have a system that works to what he can do well. Um. Oh no. Okay. We're coming down to the end of the list. Um. What what happened? All right. So. Yeah, we're coming down to the end of the list. There's only two guys left, everybody. Hang on. Uh, first guy we're going to talk about, I know a friend of mine is probably a big fan of, or maybe not, who knows. Uh, Brendan Ayuk, right? Uh, he was an interesting guy to watch. They're all interesting to watch. Some of them, not, uh, sometimes, sometimes that's the best part about watching tape, but some guys are not interesting to watch, so when you do find guys who are interesting to watch, it is a breath of fresh air. So Brandon Ayuk uh, has... Uh, he understands subtle route movement, uh, but does get a little sloppy on routes. Didn't run a really complex route tree. Doesn't show uh, a high. As of right now, he's not been in a position to have a high understanding of uh, a lot of route concepts. Doesn't run a big route tree. But a lot, like I said before, a lot of these guys don't run big route trees when they're in college. So you're trying to project. What you do get to see, though, he's a he has great open field vision. Right? They use him a lot on kickoff returns and punt returns, and kind of. Like, if you were just going off his receiving tape, you'd probably be like, ah, uh, you know, okay, like, I see something here. Kind of reminds me of a Terrence Williams or whatever. But, uh, like I said before, I don't feel like, you know, like, there's just, when they got him into space, though, there was a lot of good run after catch, a lot of good ball vision. That's when you got to see his athleticism really show up. So I get why people, like, initially I was looking at some tape from, like, I don't know, man. And then you see some other plays, and you're like, "Oh, this makes sense now." So if you're if you're a team that gets this guy, you're gonna find ways of utilizing. He ran a lot on the outside, but again, like it's he wasn't dealing with a lot of again NFL you know level press, you know. So again, he, he's more of a developmental guy. Uh, I, I kind of I, I think he has a role in the NFL. You're gonna find ways of utilizing him. He he's kind of I I was he's one of the guys that was a little bit more shocked people were so high on, but again like you get him out in space he is very fun to watch. Uh, the last guy I'm going to be talking about is Van Jefferson of Florida, who is fluid as hell. He is quick, flexible as a route runner, catches away from his body. He reminded me of Victor Cruz. Like it, watching him, like I'm from the New York area. And uh, I remember the Victor Cruz doing the cha-cha. And he's going to be a guy who's going to get slept on. 
a team's going to draft him or sign him, and he's going to end up being like a very, uh, a very more appreciated player, I think, in the NFL. Uh, there's question marks with his age, right? He's uh, 24 years old. But, like, you know what he is. I, I think somebody said he's like A.J. Humphreys, right? The guy used to be on Tampa Bay and he went to, to Tennessee. I get that. I get that comparison. Uh, the only thing is, is like, okay, like, what is that value, right? Like, if, if, his, if he's Humphreys, well, Humphreys had a value. He got a good contract. So somebody thought they should pay him. Doesn't mean that really he should have gotten paid. But again, he's a guy who's going to go to a team and potentially <coughs> play well in the slot. Maybe, uh, again, he didn't really ha uh, get to go up against a lot of outside uh, and go up against a lot of press and go up against a lot of... Uh, but again, I think minimum he's a he's at least a slot receiver in the NFL. There's a lot of guys who maybe only profile out as slot receivers. Um team who might like him is actually the New England Patriots, right? They're a team that kind of like, oh, we could find a guy who's like falling, but we can kind of utilize his skill set. That's kind of, you know, he shows a nuanced level of route running that is uncommon for college football. Uh, his good hands. Uh, I, I'm very impressed with him. I know he didn't hold to contact very well all the time, but he holds up, you know, again, like as far as being able to, to Again, I think the best comparison I had for this guy was Victor Cruz. And that kind of rounds out everybody who I wanted to talk about. There's going to be more guys out there, Brian Edwards, uh, K.J. Hill, and there's so many. And uh, you know what? Shoot me a, a comment. Uh, say who your next best favorite guy is, who you think your team should take in, in the draft. These guys, I think, are going to be fun to watch. I think they're – I keep saying fun to watch. But fun to watch is fun, right? Um, okay. So, if you want, follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at Brojo Death Punch. That's B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch, like a delicious drink. You're having a nice summer day. And uh, also, follow PunkLaw101 on uh, on the Instagram or and the Twitter, the Punk Law 101 on the Twitter as well, because that's uh, it's a new project. Everybody, go find it, go have fun with it, and uh, tune in the next time where we talk uh, about two teams. Maybe they fight to the death, or maybe we're just talking about how they did in the free agency and how they might do in the draft and whether their 2020 outlooks if we have a season. Anyway, take care. I'll get some more prospects to you, and we're a week away, everybody. It's exciting. So exciting. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to puke.